Coming up on today's Locked On Senators, we welcome back 14-time recurring guest, Mark Mathot. And what kind of welcome does Alex DeBrinket deserve when he comes back to Ottawa for the first and only time this season? We'll discuss all that. Plus, Zach McEwen has cleared waivers. Now we wait to see which defenseman will be called up and in the lineup tomorrow. That coming up on today's edition of the Locked On Senators podcast. It's your team every day. Your Locked On Senators, your daily podcast on the Ottawa Senators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Jake Sanderson, and you're listening to Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Tim Stützle, and you're listening to the Locked On Senators Podcast. Welcome inside episode 899 of the Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Ross Levitan on the outskirts of enemy territory in Winnipeg, Manitoba. Alongside Brandon Pillar up in the Blue Mountains, you can follow Locked On Senators on social media. We're at Send Central on Twitter, LockedOn.Senators on Instagram. The show is free and available on all podcast platforms, including on YouTube where a like, a subscription, and a comment go a long way to helping the show grow. Today's comment, we want to know what kind of reaction are you hoping Alex DeBrinkett gets, and should he get a video tribute, a graphic, or just completely ignored when he steps foot on the Canadian Tire Center ice tomorrow? Today is Friday, October 20th, and Pilsy, we'll get into the storylines within the game, but this Saturday matinee, is two teams that are both 3-1, and one, Ottawa and Detroit. They've scored the exact same number of goals. They've had exact parallel starts to the season. Yeah, I mean, even if you're not a Sens fan or a Red Wings fan, this game should be of interest to all hockey fans. Like, these are two teams battling for the same spot in the Atlantic Division. As you mentioned, they've had almost identical starts and stats already leading up to this point, and... Then you throw in the drama of Alex Dabrinkit coming back to Ottawa for the first time, and this is going to shape up to be one entertaining hockey game. There's 15 games on this Saturday in the National Hockey League slate, but only Ottawa will be on with Detroit at the same time. No other games start until 4 o'clock Eastern. This is a 1 o'clock start on Saturday. We will have the postcast after the game, but they're, they're taking, I mean, some would say maybe they're the opening act for the day. But man, there's some great storylines within this one. And it also goes outside of these two teams because Tampa, Florida, Toronto, Buffalo have all had subpar starts to the season. So whoever wins this game is 4-1 and one after five games. And I know it's early, but I'm calling this a must-win game, Pilsy. I really do think, based on the head-to-head over the years past, Ottawa's won nine of its last 10 against Detroit, and Cam Talbot single-handedly lost them that game on New Year's Eve where he shot the puck right into a Detroit Red Wings player who put it in past him. But hey, it's not how, it's how many. They won that game fair and square on New Year's Eve. But Pilsy, like, what's the storyline outside of Alex Dabrinkit that you're most curious to see play out on Saturday? Honestly, it might be the special teams, Ross, because Detroit's power play has been clicking. They've added some new weapons to it this season. I mean, almost almost everyone on their power play unit is new. When you look at uh, Debrinket, Petrie, uh, Gosses Bear, like uh, Comfer, Sprong, they've got a lot of new guys that are clicking pretty well early on. And then you look at the Ottawa Senators, 
bringing in additions like Chikrin, who didn't spend much time on the power play with the Sens last year, Tarasenko, Kubalik, Norris is finally back. So these power plays are some heavy hitters. And I, I know we said it for a couple of different times, but the discipline in this game when emotions run hot and not giving your opponent an easy opportunity to have the man advantage could end up playing a big role in this game. For me, it's going to be who fills in for Artem Zub and how does the mm. decor shake out with the Ottawa Senators being able to roll all three pairs over the last three home games because they got out to early leads and were able to never look back. I mentioned with Mark Mathot coming up in just a little while, the ice time for Jake Sanderson I think is going to go way up from the around 20 minutes that he's played over the last three games. But how is everything going to shake out on the blue line? We're still awaiting the call-up. We know Zach McEwen has cleared waivers and has been sent down to Belleville, but the reciprocal move of a defenseman coming up, and they can't pick just anyone. Tyler Clevin cannot be called up and Nicholas Mateen Palo cannot be called up because they're making more than $830,000. So the options, I think it's going to be Max Gannett and we don't have to get into too much because by the time people are listening, maybe it's happened. Max Gannett or Jacob Bernard Docker. Bernard Docker, it should be noted, does not need to clear waivers if they call him up for this game, then send him back down. There's a 30-day grace period after a player clears waivers where they can go up and down as many times as possible. So is it, you know, looking, and this isn't the number one reason why you'd bring up JBD, but if it's a trade partner and a team wants to see him play, maybe, you you know, put him up on the pedestal. But Max Gannett was the final cut on the back end. So if a player comes up, I know they'll probably only play 10 or 12 minutes, but I'm curious to see how DJ Smith is going to alternate things because I don't know if I'm going to see, or I don't know if Sens fans would be too confident seeing a Branstrom Gannett pairing too much. It might be a situation where they roll in with the Shabbat Chikrin Sanderson's of the world. And they just kind of fill in as they go along like that. Yeah. I think the top four is going to be relied upon big time either, no matter who they decide to bring up uh, Ross. So it's going to be interesting to see how this all plays out. And I have no issue with seeing Jake Sanderson on the ice more often than not. Me neither. Give him all the ice time. And remember, the Detroit Red Wings passed on Jake Sanderson to take Lucas Raymond fourth overall in the 2020 NHL draft. Saw a great stat from Big Head Hockey yesterday. The Senators' 2020 draft class right now has 14 combined points. Everyone else from that draft class has 19. That was going into last night's game. We don't have an update on that. At the 20 game mark, I'm going to put an update on that and go through it all because, my goodness, it is... Just going to look better and better, I think, as we go along throughout the season. Pilsy, give me your lookout player for the Detroit Red Wings as we do a, a brief game day preview because we got 37 minutes coming with Mark Mathot. Uh, my lookout player for the Red Wings is going to be Dylan Larkin. I mean, the captain of this team with Alex Dabrinkit on his line on the one side and then Lucas Raymond on the other side, that's a legit top line. And They've been having success. I mean, Dylan Larkin already has six points in four games. And the big one I'm looking at when it comes to Larkin Ross is he leads the team in shots with 22. But you look at the face-off percentage, 54.1 as a top-line defenseman. It's going to be tough to win draws against them. and Or centermen, sorry. Uh, and it's going to be tough to win dr- or uh, have possession when he's snapping them back like that. So Dylan Larkin's going to be the guy I'm looking out for. He's already taken 74 faceoffs this year, too. So he gets a and lot. And with that percentage, yeah. It's a lot of work in the dot. Joe Valeno, good faceoff guy as well, up at 62%. He's taken 37 draws. Uh, and this Austin Charnick guy set up a great DeBrinket goal in the last game where Detroit beat Pittsburgh. Um, he's won 10 out of 15 draws as well. Just looking at that, but only averaging nine minutes. My lookout player, 
It's more at cider. Timmy already mentioned like he loves going up against his good buddy from Mannheim. So I'm going to be watching that head to head matchup. Cider is by far the number one defenseman on this team, but over the last year and a bit, hasn't really been that great. He had that unbelievable rookie season, won the Calder trophy deservingly. He's a big presence on the back end. He's physical. You got to keep your head up when he's on the ice. He can skate. He's like that modern shutdown defenseman that can also provide offense. So I'm going to be watching him closely. He has three points in four games so far this season. He's also a dash too. I know it's very early in the season, but I'm going to be watching Moritz Sider very closely on the Detroit Red Wing side. My key to victory, Pilsy. It's don't get caught up in the storylines within the game. If you're Ottawa, just focus on yourself. Focus on what you need to do, which is consistent with what they did do in the last three games to keep the winning ways rolling. Quick shifts, solid discipline, take advantage of your opportunities. And hey, why don't I just stick with my key to victory that I've done through all three home games and it's hit each time? Score early and keep the crowd into it. I think it's going to be, especially for a matinee game that isn't the home opener, I think we're going to get a raucous environment inside the CTC. The Sens need to take advantage of it early. Yep, I agree with that. And uh, my key to the game, I already kind of touched on it, but don't let the emotions ride high and take undisciplined penalties because I really do think this game is going to be decided by special teams, and I think we're going to see a lot of goals scored. Games at 1 o'clock on Saturday. We'll have the postcast afterwards. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit the notification bell. We aim to go live 10 to 15 minutes after each Ottawa Senators game. And let's hit a quick Locked On player before we get to the break, Ross. Everyone's talking about Alex Dabrinkit. I'm sure we got some Red Red Wings fans watching the show. Hello. Um, Nobody's mentioned Dominic Kubalik revenge game very much either. So I'm going to be locked on to Dominic Kubalik. He hasn't looked phenomenal out there but he's had a couple quick chances where he's had a good shot and uh, it's just hit a post or goalie's made a good save or something like that so i'm waiting dominic kubalik is on a slow start to his hot start that we've all been waiting for so i hope this sparks it up so dominic kubalik i'm gonna be locked on to i love it my locked on player is austin watts oh no we can't have austin (laughs) watson as a locked on player what about Josh Norris? That's a Michigan guy that loves playing against the Red Wings. Don't worry. I've got that pulled up yeah. already. My locked-on player is Josh Norris. Four goals in four career games against the Detroit Red Wings. Five points. And I just think that we're looking at a star centerman back in the lineup. Like, he earned that contract with 35 goals in 66 games. And now it's how do you keep the ball rolling? He scored at even strength. He scored on the power play. I'm expecting a big season. From Josh Norris. I don't know if I'm going to go so far as our friend Mark Mathot did on Twitter saying a 40 goal season up ahead, but I will be locked on to Josh Norris. Norris is one of the many Ottawa Senators who went through Michigan. I know Norris was born and raised there as well, but the U.S. national team program, Brady Kachuk, you got uh, Jake Sanderson, just to name a couple of, I don't know if they still have as many as they used to. Obviously, Colin White's gone among a few others, but um, I'm always I'm always turned up for these Senators-Red Wings games. Hopefully, it's a big rivalry that continues to develop. Okay, we've got 37 minutes with Mark Mathot coming up, so stay tuned for that. And then to wrap up today's show, Pilsy, Elliot Friedman had some very interesting thoughts on Shane Pinto on his podcast, 32 Thoughts. So stay tuned for all that. This is Locked on Senators. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends over at Jace Medical. Guys, there's a lot of crazy, terrible things happening in the world today, and that causes uncertainty. And it's important to be prepared because these can lead to supply chain shortages for medications 
or the inability to get the medications in a timely manner. That's why Jace Medical has the Jace case. It's a personalized emergency medication kit that has five essential antibiotics that treat the most common and deadly bacterial infections. You can also customize your case and add additional life-saving medication based on your unique needs. Now, Jace is continually working to expand their medication offers. They're adding things to their list all the time. With the Jace case, you get five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use. All it takes is fill out a simple form. Some cases, you can hop on a quick call with a physician, and they answer any treatment-related questions. Doctor-created, doctor-recommended. Don't get caught unprepared, guys. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones. Jace takes care of everything from online evaluation to licensed pharmacy, medication delivery, and ongoing consultation and care. So go to jacemedical.com and enter code locked on at checkout for a $20 discount. That's promo code locked on at jasemedical.com. Today's episode is also brought to you by Bird Dogs. Visit birddogs.com slash locked on NHL. Or use promo code locked on NHL and you'll get a free water bottle with any purchase. I love my bird dogs. You want proof? You want proof I love my bird dogs? I'm rocking them right now. They are absolutely the most comfortable khakis in the world. I love the joggers. It's basically Lululemons, but they fit way better. They've got the re- they fit be- better than regular shorts as well. They've got this inseam, um, how would you even call it? The anti-sweat stick sweat wicking fabric. That's what it is. Keeps you cool, dry all day long. They fix the issue of restricting cotton by investing in cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but it stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. Bird dogs are functional for any occasion. I wore them on the golf course with Martian last week, wore them to Sens games, evenings out, you name it. You can go with your bird dog. So go to birddogs.com slash locked on NHL or enter locked on NHL at checkout for a free bird dogs water bottle with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on NHL for a free water bottle at checkout. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise. All right. Now to our interview with friend of the show. Here is Mark Mathot. All right, we now welcome on our best friend of the show. It's his 14th time joining, and he can relate to what a certain cat is going through this weekend, coming back to Ottawa after leaving, albeit on different terms. He's a 600-plus game NHLer, and his name is Mark Mathot. Math, welcome back to the show. How are you doing today, sir? I'm, I'm fired up, okay? I'm fired up. Yeah, you've been active online this morning. How are you feeling? It's funny because oftentimes I get a little too ahead of myself when I'm on Twitter because I'm in the gym at the same time. So I was in there getting a really solid chest pump this morning. The blood's flowing a little bit. I see something I don't like maybe here and there. I decide to comment. Um, but uh, it's fun, man. I love I love interacting with everybody. I enjoy it. So um, it just helps me get through the day and it keeps me involved. That's why I do it. Well, Ross mentioned it off the top. You've experienced coming back to Ottawa after leaving, and Alex Debrinkit is going through that same thing. Different circumstances, obviously. So let, let's just get this started, Matt. Like, what, what side of the argument? I think everybody knows, especially if you follow on Twitter. But when a guy comes back, fans are entitled to do what they want. They can cheer. They can boo. They can do whatever. Are fans entitled to boo Alex Debrinkit from your standpoint? Fan, Okay. I, I'm sure I'm going to miss some different angles here because I've got all these thoughts and I'm trying to kind of 
pull them in together. Let's hear but all your thoughts. Don't worry about right. the angles. Where's your notebook, Matt? <laughs> yeah, where's the papers? You got to shuffle I have a the notebook, papers. But you guys, and I'll be honest, I usually, you would think I'd be more prepared, but it's usually just a couple lineups that I have on here oh, uh, okay. just to make sure I don't miss anybody. But I, you know, it's just, it's just from experiences. But anyway, yep. um, with, with the Brinkett and fans and, and, and being a former player coming in, um, you know, I, I think, first of all, you, you, the tribute video thing, I mean, that's that's a that's a non-starter if you've only played for a year. Now, have you you know if you've won a Stanley Cup or you had an incredible run and you were a significant player? Sure, we can have a discussion now about a tribute video. I'm great with that. But when you have when you know when you play a year and he was probably still a well-liked individual in the room, he's a good guy. But the team did not make the playoffs. Why why are we even discussing this? And and again, if the team does it, great. It's the team's. You know, they're, they're classy and they're doing what they want. They, they're trying to uh, take the classy approach. So if they do, you know, honor them with some sort of tribute video, okay. But I don't think it's necessary. And, and um, in this particular case, I can understand the angle of, you know, let's not take this personally. He put his family first. I, I get that, but it's, it's pro sports. And you're, yeah. you're, we're every, everybody's making millions of dollars. I mean, no one's feeling sorry for me if I end up in Winnipeg and I start talking about my family and how I wanted to get them, no offense, by the way, um, Ross, but I, I think for me, it just comes down to passion. And if the fan base feels hard done by, then by all means, it's a sporting event, go to the building and boo the player, make life difficult for him. And I'll go one further. He's the leading point scorer on a team that we're arguably going to be, you know, rivaled with right over the next couple seasons. I mean, both these teams are sort of coming out of a rebuild around the same time. You could argue that a little bit, but at the end of the day, it's like, you know, this is a team that you're going to be fighting with. You're probably going to face at some point. So, um, you know, don't make this some warm welcome where you roll out the carpet, give him a, a bouquet of flowers and thank him for his time spent in Ottawa. What are we doing? I want them to be on him every shift and I want them to make life absolutely miserable for the player. I would say the same thing about myself, you know, coming back if I was on a new team and it was the Toronto Maple Leafs or the Montreal Canadiens and I was coming back in Ottawa. I'm not saying I'd want to be booed, but I, I, I think the team, specifically the players, should make my life difficult. And I'm just saying all this because I think if the fans are passionate and start booing them a little bit or make his life a little bit miserable, I think that has a cascading effect on the players for the Ottawa Senators, right? It's like green light. Nobody likes them right now. Let's not let him score tonight. Let's get in his grill, make life hard for him. So I know I'm passionate about this. I just think it's good to have the fan base involved. Uh, I'm sick of, you know, Ottawa being a boring place to play. I'm not suggesting they ever were, per se. We know how lively it can get in the play playoffs. I loved every minute playing here. But, I mean, let's, let's, let's get everybody fired up now. Let's get them behind the group. Let's get them booing a little bit. I love it. Well, you, you think of some notable kind of villains that come back and, and Danny Heatley's first game, I, th I believe it was, or maybe a second, because I think it was with Minnesota, Chris Neal just laid him out by the bench. And I mean, yeah. that probably got more of a, an ovation than, than a goal that night. It was just, you know, he had a target on his back and somebody's got to go out there. I'm not saying it hurt him, but I'm just saying finish your checks hard and, and make sure that people know that the Detroit Red Wings aren't welcome at the CTC. Agreed. Agreed. And I'll say, I'll just add one last point to that. Like, like we're talking about Heatley right now, a player that they obviously had to move. But I mean, Debrinket's comments did not do him any favors. We can't forget this. I mean, and now the backtracking. Well, you know, uh, it, man, it him wasn't... backtracking saying like, I never asked for a trade. 
Come on, like, dude. But like, that's, that's my problem. It's like, ugh. so this is where, this is where, why I chimed in. It's like, just own it. You know, you didn't want to play here. That's fine. Be the heel when you come into town. You know, it's, it's, it's entertainment. Hockey is entertainment. It's like any other sport. This adds that element, right? So again, I'll say this one last time. If you're a fan and you feel compelled to boo him, do what you want. Boo the player. Who cares? At the end of the day, he's the one laughing if he leaves with a goal and three assists. What, you know, like, so it's like, are you concerned about his feelings here or do you want to make life difficult for him and cheer on the home team? That's, that's where I stand. I, I feel like both sides need to fully break the connection. Like, Sens fans need to be like, we don't care that he used to be here and now he's in Detroit. We, we hate the guy. And he needs to be like, well, I got what I wanted. I got a nice new contract. I'm going home to Detroit. I'm exactly lighting it up on a top line with great players over there. Yeah. So why does he need to worry about it either? Now, I've, yeah. I've kind of wrestled with this from different angles as a fan, Matt. And uh, you can chime into my little rant here uh, whenever you want. But when the Ottawa Senators acquired Alex Zabrinkit, I think everybody knew it was a luxury and it was a gamble, right? Like, this is a team that sure. – had struggled and they're like we got we have a chance to acquire a 40 goal score in their prime that's an rfa so if you're pierre dorian you fans have to expect him to get into the mix on that trade call he gets in the trade call he gets a deal he likes pulls the trigger all right we got one year to convince this guy that this is a core this is a culture that he's gonna see and experience firsthand and he's gonna want to stay and we have him as an rfa so we're gonna take that gamble didn't work out you know, I, I would rather go for that gamble and not work out than have a GM that's too scared to try to do that. Because it was it was a big bet, and maybe it was a year too early, which sucks, but uh, that's what happens. Now, on the same side, I don't blame Alex Brinkett for what happened. He got traded here. He didn't choose to come here. He never had bold statements like, I love this team. I'm going to be here for a long time. We're working on a deal. Nothing like that. He's always like, look. I'm going to see how it goes. And everyone kind of knew he's got a new family. He probably wants to be in the States. So that's fine. I like, I'm fine with that. So, but so, when, so why? So on that point, Pilsy, I'm asking you. Yeah. Because you have a new family. Why? Like, cause I had a new family in Texas. Okay. Why, yeah. why does it matter if you're in Canada or in the U S is that to me, that's just another excuse. And I think that's something you'd have to ask Alex to bring it in his wife, right? Like for me, I've never been in that situation. So, so I'm not sure, especially you're making good money. You should be able to have a good lifestyle wherever you live. And Ottawa is a great place to live. I mean, just ask Ross Levitan if he likes being there, he'll tell you pretty quickly. But <laughs> the, the thing is with Alex to bring it, like I was on the side, like I'm not booing this guy. It's not his fault. Like whatever. Sure. But then when he comes out with those comments being like, yeah, I don't know. It was maybe I was lazy or whatever you want to call it. Uh, yeah, you can't like I don't have. And people were like, you can't be upset with him for being honest. If you're being honest about being lazy, I'm not going to give you stick taps. That's embarrassing when you're making nine million dollars cash to play hockey. Don't be lazy out there. You, you were on a good team, a fun team. They had a chance here. If he wanted to save face, it would have it would have been simple. Just say it was a family decision the end but yeah. but now when you start scrambling a little bit and you're trying to do a little damage control and you drop that one on everybody and then you're backpedaling by saying well i meant more just lazy when it came to finishing i'm like that 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 doesn't make it you that, were that, you were hired as a sniper as a goal scorer you, that's the one spot you can't and, be lazy and i want to be clear like this Ugh. is me chirping him like i i i love 
I think he's a good. He's a great player. He's, he's a, great a really player. good player. Yeah, there's um, no and, way around and, it. And there's yeah. there's nothing but respect for Maya in there. All I'm suggesting is let's not be so sympathetic and yeah. and be nice and okay. Yeah, come on in. Here's your bouquet and you know thank you for your time last season. It's like listen, that's that's where I get annoyed. It's one thing if this team is is declining and there's no real plan moving forward. Mm -hmm. But it was very clear even last season. Because we knew what the issues were last year, right? They were they were missing a depth piece on the back end. Goaltending was a bit of an issue, and then more importantly, they yeah. just had injury injury problems, right? But you knew that the team was trending in the right direction, and there was always chatter about everyone loving the coach and the group just having a ton of chemistry, like it was a really tightly knit group. So that that would be my last point. It's like you know the table was set moving forward. So you can't use that excuse. And I yeah. think it just came down to him just wanted to go home. That's fine. But that's also an indictment towards the team and the city. This wasn't good enough for them. We need to understand that that's the message that was conveyed back here. This wasn't good enough for Alex to bring it. I wish that he played the full heel. It's like, you guys couldn't even freeze the canal last year. You swarm the stock. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, why is he backpedaling? He's just lean into it and yeah. be like, yeah, anyway. I hated Ottawa. I didn't want to be there. Like, I don't know, just him trying to play the middle and be like, Oh, I never asked for a trade, guys. Like, come on. It's not my fault. So, like, yeah. I don't know. And from yeah. a production standpoint, and I think this goes to the not bearing down, the Senators were 21 and 2 when he scored a goal last year. The only problem is there were 59 out of 82 games that he didn't score, and they missed the playoffs by three games worth of points, six points to be yeah. exact. So, Alex DeBrinkett will be in town with the Detroit Red Wings on a team that's tied with Ottawa at the top of the Atlantic Division, albeit early, but one-plus week into the season. Enough about the cat. Let's talk about the dogs on the Ottawa Senators, what's made them successful at the start of the season, and what they need to do to continue on this winning way. That's all next. You're listening to Locked on Senators. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends over at Sleeper. Guys, the Ottawa Senators are trending in the right direction. Everybody other than Alex Dabrinkit knows it, and you can win big if you bet on them on the Sleeper app. Play Daily Fantasy, and you can win 100 times your money. There's so many different possibilities for this season, so get in on the action on Sleeper. As the Daily Fantasy app of the Locked On NHL Network, Sleeper is our top choice for fantasy sports, especially when it comes to puck. So with Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in Daily Fantasy Hockey. There's so many good players you can choose from around the league. I love the app because you can talk smack in the group chat and you can really hype things up. And you can also play NFL, NBA, MLB, and college football. Entries can be made in under a minute, so you can get them in quick. Choose stats like goals, assists, saves, plus, minus, and more. You heard me, Sense fans. 100 times payouts on Sleeper, so start paying attention and get your picks right so you can win big. Use promo code LOCKEDONNHL. You'll get up to $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's LOCKEDONNHL. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. U.S. customers for now. Today's episode is also brought to you by our friends at the Glebe Central Pub. You can visit the Glebe Central Pub right in the heart of the Glebe at 779 Bank Street. And when you get there, make sure you let them know that Locked On Senators sent you. Last night was open mic, lots of great local musicians coming in. It's always about the atmosphere and about camaraderie at the Glebe Central Pub. They make you want to sign a long-term deal to stay at the Glebe Central Pub. Have a couple extra with the Glebe Central Pub. They also have the Send Shuttle to and from the CTC for $17. I know people like Matt don't like sitting in traffic. Nobody likes traffic, so you don't need it. 
You can go, and Sue takes great carry on the bus, $17 round trip. My parents had so much fun with us on Sunday. They went on the Glebe Central Pub Shuttle again on Wednesday. I'm trying to convince them to go tomorrow as well. You can see all the (laughs) dates that the Glebe Central Pub has, glebecentralpub.com slash sends shuttle. Go check them out right in the heart of Glebe at 779 Bank Street, and make sure you let them know Locked On Senators sent you. All right, Pilsy and Meth. Meth, how would you grade those ad reads? Decent? You guys are pros now. It's impressive. <laughs> We've done a couple of them. Let's just say that. Yeah. I almost threw to you and said, hey, take it from here, Meth, but you're lucky. I let you off the hook. Thank you. <laughs> so, man, you, you were at both games on the, on the weekend. What's make this team successful with these uh, three straight home wins? Yeah. Um... Oh, it's funny because you're always like, you know, you guys know what it's like when I'm going to games. Um, we usually get together in the morning over the phone, me and one of the producers, and we talk, we try to find talking points, right? So, what are we going to open with? And I'll be like, well, I want to talk about, you know, Brady Kachuk or Jake Sanderson or the second line or whatever. There's usually a topic. And, um, but, but just diving deep into it when I've been going over my notes, you know, it's a combination of various things, obviously. When you look at the depth up front, uh, the team's healthy. The back end to me is the biggest catalyst here. I mean, you look at you look at the top four now combined with Forsberg and Corpusallo. That changes the complete outlook of the game. First of all, your forwards now are getting clean exits. They're getting the puck. They're getting much more support. Um, the back end is much more involved offensively. Um, but I, I think I think you know if you're looking at it, um, you know a little further. If you take a step back and you look at the list, you look at all the stuff. For me, the biggest one would be that just the growth. You know, you look at you look at the, the core of this group right now. They've got another year under their belt from last season. Learned a ton from last year as well. You've had players in elevated roles, playing more, getting more ice time because of some of those injuries. And now everyone's slotted back where they should be. And you bring in Tarasenko, who to me has been a pleasant surprise in the regular season. I was a little concerned um, watching him um, through the preseason, maybe even in Detroit, wasn't that impressed. And that's being critical, obviously. Um, but I think right now, I'm just just the, the team just looks more mature. And you watching the other night and the way they were able to close out the game. You know, you got a commanding lead after the first period, and you're like, oh God, like this is this is this is not good because we know that you know there's a good chance your opponent might crawl back into this one. I didn't see that. Ottawa's starting to step on throats. That's nice to see. Um you know, for, for the way they set up here against Detroit, this is this is the biggest talking point. When I'm looking at this now, Detroit's got the best power play in the NHL. Uh, they're very good on the road. Um, I think, how many? Yeah, they've got four power play goals on the road. Uh, between Debrinket, Larkin, and Perron, they've got a really good first unit. You've got Cider on the back end. You've got uh, a combination of Sherratt and I believe Petrie on the right side there on that second pairing. They've got a really nice combination now when I look at this lineup of youth, veterans, and and a lot of but, – but the youth is driving the bus a lot like the Ottawa Senators. They're so comparable. And they've got some size on their fourth line. I mean, between Costin, Fisher, they've got some big units that are 215-pound-plus forwards on yep. those wings. So, you know, this is, this is going to be a big test for them. And now I'm concerned. This is what pisses me off, and you guys can touch on this. No zoo for tomorrow. Yeah. So now you've got you've already got a bit of an excuse that's teed up depending on how the game goes. I don't like that. 
Um, especially after the way they played last year and all the issues they were having with staying healthy. Um, I don't like it, but we'll see. I know it's one guy, but one guy, particularly in your top four on the back end, makes a big difference. So um, I think for me, if you're looking at this group right now and you're looking at this game as a whole, you have to take advantage of, of Detroit's back end as far as some of the guys they have. Get the puck in behind them. Make them skate. Get them tired. Um, and then more importantly, just stay out of the box. I know I'm a, I'm a broken record there, but uh, particularly in this case, they've got to keep their emotions in check. Stay away from the bullshit. Just play a hard game. Now, with, let's just let's just tackle the Zub situation. Uh, I, I don't need you to say who you want to get called up from Belva or anything like that. Is this as simple a solution as just moving Hamnick up to take Zub's spot to play with Sanderson since those guys have so much experience, they played well together? Or do you think there's got to be more movement with this decor without Zub here? Like, it, are, are you thinking breaking up uh, Shabbat Chikrin or anything like that? Or what's the right move for you, Matt? I think... I think you just fill in for Zub. You move you move Hammer up on that second yeah. pairing. I don't think you have a choice. I mean, you just nailed it there, Pilsy. They have tons of experience playing together as it is. Is Travis Hamannick on the same level as Artem Zub? Obviously not. I'm sure Hamannick would admit to that as well. But if he plays a pretty simple game and makes sure that he's got his own end tidied up, just feed Sandy the puck. Like A lot like when I played with Eric. If there was an opportunity to feed your partner the puck, just move it to him. Um, you don't want to be predictable and always go to him. Um, but at this point, I mean, Sandy's on fire. Give him the pill. Let him make plays with it. Defend him. Get in behind him when he when he jumps up. Uh, as far as who gets called up, I, I mean, they're limited, right, because of the cab. So there's certain guys you can't even bring up. Like you can't even look at Clevin right now. So and and more importantly, you need a you need either you bring up a right hand shot or. And I've been saying this. I was talking to some of the dads this morning. My kids skate. I think what you do is you just insulate that back in. Brandstrom, I didn't, I haven't been a fan of that much the last couple games. I think he struggled a little bit. Um, so maybe you limit that third pairing to like, you know, seven, eight, nine minutes, and you just go heavy on your top four. And hopefully that buys time for Artem Zoom to come back for the next game on Tuesday against Buffalo. You know, I don't know how you guys feel about it. Well, definitely. I mean, you look at the game log and I know they were up in all these games, which has been great to see as well. We were talking like, like not only are they stepping on throats afterwards, but they're getting off to leads in the first 10 minutes and just not looking back. So you're great able point. to swing all four lines. But in the three home games, Jake Sanderson's played 1959, 1925, and a shade over 20 minutes. Like, I think he's probably got five extra minutes. He can, yeah. you know, slurp up just himself. So totally. Uh, what, like, how how would you describe to people who can't be at all the games how uh, how elite Jake Sanderson is? Because like even watching him on TV, I don't think you get the full experience. Like watching him last night, like he is so elite at like closing gaps and making sure that he's back in the play. Always the first back checker. He, he's ridiculous. Like he he might be on the same level as Stutzla in terms of overall talent. Yeah, I mean, I, what do you say? He does everything right. It's crazy. You know, he does everything right, and and. You know, anybody can come on here and act like an analyst and try to break down his game. Um, but for That's me... That's what we're asking you to do, Matt, is yeah, act like no, an analyst and, and, and break down like, his game. It's like the secret's <laughs> out. He's good at everything. You know, and, and I think... There we go. It's a skating is obviously his bread and butter, but he's not just a skater. I mean, he's got an incredible shot. I don't know what happened over the summer. I know we had a little bit of it last year. We saw glimpses. So but he's got, a, he's, got a, he's got a cannon. And then, yep. and then I think for me, when I'm watching him in the, like live, it's his, it's his ability to do pretty much what you see from like above. You know what? Like when you watch the ice from like the press box 
and you can see the play develop. You can kind of see trends and things develop and happen before maybe the players can. He's doing everything that you want him to do. Like if you're playing him on Chell and you're up top and you've got your control in your hand, I'm like, oh, there's some pressure coming. He probably doesn't see that guy. Let's go this direction. He's doing that. He's, his ability to read the play and evade opponents on the forecheck when he's trying to get a retrieval. Uh, and he's got, like, there was a sequence last game where he had two guys on him in the D zone, in the left side, in, in, below the goal line. And he did this quick little cutback twice, got out of trouble, evaded two players, and then broke the puck out of the zone. Like, it was nothing. That's, that's when I wrote that tweet about him. It was like five minutes into the game, and I was like fawning over his play because he made that incredible move. And it, was, it wasn't on the offensive side. It was just a subtle little play in his own end. But I'm not going to act like I know it all because everybody can see it now too. This, like I said, the secret's out. He might be Ottawa's most important player, you know? And, and yeah. um, you can make some arguments here and here. And, and I know, you know, some people will be like, well, yeah, but like Tim Stutzler is super skilled. I'm not talking about skill set right now. I just mean how valuable is he to your group? Who's your most valuable player? What player can you take out that that makes your group suffer the most, right? And I would say that's probably Jake Sanderson. Without him in there, um, you know, it, it, it certainly hurts the group. And again, I know that's open open for debate. I respect it. Brady is obviously a big part of it. Uh, and so is Timmy. And even G, you know, even Giroux is huge because of that veteran leadership aspect. But the way Jake Sanderson is playing now, I mean, if his offense, if it's, if, I'll leave it at this. If Sanderson's offensive contributions take a step forward here and he can start putting up some points, he'll be in the discussion for the Norris Trophy. It may, it might not be this season, but I mean, I'm, I mean, it's, it's, it's without a doubt there over the next two or three years. Matt, we always like to have fun with what we call on pace season, the first 10 games, you know, you just need <laughs> Oh, yeah. After four games, guys projected to get 80 goals. Yeah, well, that's why I, so I stay away from that. <laughs> Jake Anderson's second in the NHL in points by a defenseman right yeah. now as we're talking. Yeah. Only uh, only Brady Shea with the Carolina Hurricanes has more. Um, I got a, a kind of a funny parallel, and, and we've got Detroit coming into Ottawa tomorrow. By the way, it'll be Jake Anderson's 82nd NHL game, so a full season under his belt. One season under his belt for Jake Anderson at tomorrow's game, both Detroit and Ottawa start with a loss to a top Metro team, Carolina, New Jersey. They both beat Tampa and they both dominate a bottom feeding Metro team, Philly and Columbus. Not only that, they both beat up on an over the hill contender, Washington and Pittsburgh. They both have 19 goals and they're both three and one. How much stock meth are you putting into tomorrow's game? Is it just another early season game or is there something more to it? And for reference, Ross called this a must win game. Correct. I, you know what? I, I think, I think it's good to put pressure on this team. Now. I think, I think you're right in saying that it's a must win game. Why not approach it that way? Because we know how important now, like you're looking at the movement, like just, if you take a step back and you look, let's say you look at the Atlantic and you look at the movement right now, if you're Ottawa, you're Brady or anybody in a leadership position, you're paying attention to the, the standings. You know, there's an opportunity here. Look at the teams that are struggling. Toronto, Buffalo, they're all below right now. Tampa, Florida. Like, I mean, the table set, and again, I know it's early, but there's so much opportunity here, and that's got to juice you up. I mean, if you're playing for the Sens or even Detroit, how fired up are you? Like, Like knowing, okay, maybe these teams aren't quite as good as we all thought they were, and we've been respecting them a little too much. You know, this is this is our time. This is our time now. And I think that's where Ottawa's got to kind of come over that hump where 
you know, you're looking out a little too far ahead at some of these groups and thinking, oh man, like, you know, Washington, they've got Ovechkin and Tom Wilson and Backstrom or whoever, you know, like you got to understand. And this is my bigger point. Today's NHL, I had this conversation with Derek Broussard yesterday. Nice. Today's NHL is a young man's game. It just is, you know, like gone are the days where like your 30 year old vets are leading your team in goals or in points. These are young players now that are that are that are dragging along these teams. If you look at teams like like Jersey, Detroit, Ottawa, Vegas is an outlier, of course. I still think that's a nasty team. I'm not even looking at that group right now. But this is a young man's game now in the NHL. It's about speed. It's about skill. Um, and Ottawa has all these ingredients, and and they're sprinkled in with some fantastic veteran leadership. So I think for Ottawa right now, absolutely. You look tomorrow. You got to make work of this game. This is you got to send a message to Detroit. We're the better team. We're going to impose our will on you guys. Physically, we can do that. I think they're a slightly bigger group. They can be a little bit more physical, but staying out of the box, being hard to play against around um, Detroit's net front. That's their bread and butter. And I think if they can stay out of the box, they're going to do it. I think we're going to be pleasantly surprised. A must-win game. Mark Matha calling it there. Ottawa, by the way, has won nine of its last ten games against Detroit. I'm just yeah. going to throw that out there as well. I got a couple more questions, but yeah. first, it begs a follow-up. How's Brass doing? How's the recovery? That was an awful injury. We saw him end his season last year. He's doing good. He's a dad now. Um, he um, had his boy. Uh, it's been a few months, obviously, now since, but since the birth. But he's doing great. They, I know they, they bought a place about a couple years ago now, uh, right, right outside of Montreal in the St. Lawrence. So he's got a beautiful home out there, and nice. I know he's been doing a lot of rehab. Um, so he's coming and going. I know he's he's been contemplating on coming back for you know a couple of days just to watch a game maybe and hang around for a little bit. But um, again, and I've said this before, and um, this isn't from him. He might not even want this. That that's a hire right there for the team. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> he's sitting around right now watching hockey like the nerd that he is every night, game after game. He's he's your Jason Spezza that's unemployed at the moment. This is a perfect guy to bring in. And I say this because he's got a pulse on the league. He's a he's yep. a warm body, as we like to say, when you retire. Drake Batherson's still wearing his uh, Broussard Thousand Games t-shirt. I know, I know, <laughs> I know. And and but it's not just about like his relationship with the players. It's it's he's the kind of guy that can help out as far as making decisions, you know. You know, is there a player that you're looking at on another team that you're thinking of acquiring in a trade or whatever? I mean, he's so knowledgeable. And you could pick his brain about just about anybody around the NHL, and he can tell you, he can give you a full breakdown. So, uh, again, I'm not getting paid to endorse Brass. He's just a friend of mine. Um, you know, we all want NHL jobs. Uh, I was offered one in the summer. I had to turn it down, uh, not with the Sens. Uh, but it's just, you know, the, 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 the situation has to be right. Everybody wants to work in their backyard. Uh, for Brass, it would be a match made in heaven for the team, in my opinion. He has a lot to uh, contribute. And, uh, like, the Sens are doing such a good job bringing back alumni. I think if they were to look at a guy like Brass, that would be perfect timing to try to tap into and give a, a bigger nod to the Francophone Sens fans. Like, wouldn't Agreed. he be the perfect guy to kind of be the face of that? Like, he's already been he's been back to Ottawa as a senator. He's played here for two different terms. So I think that would be an awesome hire, and uh, I'd love that. He's your French connection. He's the guy, exactly. and, and he's yeah. from Gatineau. I mean, yep. it's just, to me, it's 
It's it's perfect. It lines and up. And Lauer's well. even emphasizing the Ottawa Gatineau. Like he, how many he, times? He's referenced it a I, bunch of how, times, either, including exactly. Gatineau. Yeah, he's mentioned it a ton. So we know, and which is nice. It's refreshing to hear that, though, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, there, there's there's a completely. I shouldn't say it's untapped because I know the team has made efforts in the past occasionally to try to, you know, create a more of a relationship there. But that's an area that Ottawa can take advantage of. I think that happens more if the move if the team builds downtown. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm sort of on the fence. I mean, I'm building a home West of the building, so I would like it to stay in Canada. Now I've pivoted my stance on the building. Selfishly, I want it there, but I can understand the value in having it down there. Um, you know, you're looking at the East end Orleans, you're looking at Gadno, the Quebec side, but anyway, that's another conversation. Derek Broussard would be a great addition to the team for sure. Yeah. No doubt, man. How about Corpus Allo been a good addition to the team? And, and my final question for you today, Matt, as a defenseman, does it matter? Who's who's behind you in net? Like we're seeing kind of an alternate. Like I thought Forsberg played great on Wednesday, but they're still yeah. likely Corpusalo in the starters end uh, at practice this morning. Seems like they're going to just alternate one after one. Does that change how the team plays if you have faith in both those guys? Well, that's you. you you've answered it there when you said if the team has faith, right? So if you have, if you trust, well, first of all, I mean, if the numbers back it up and you trust that goaltender that's back there, you're not even thinking about it. Um, if you're bringing in a guy that's been struggling, but he has no choice but to relieve your starter because you've been leaning so much on your starter, then that's a little bit different. You're thinking like, okay, we might have to insulate him a little bit. Maybe we make, maybe we put a little bit more emphasis on coming back and being tighter around our zone, which I would argue you should do all the time anyway. But, um, but no, I, I think in this case, you've got such a great tandem here. Uh, I know it's early, and I'm not trying to be too enthusiastic about it, but. Um, really, between Corpus Allo, I love his attitude, by the way, and his post his post game pressers, and and Forsberg, who I'm also a huge fan of. I mean, the the, the timing now with these two players, and they they're right hovering around 29, that that goalie twilight prime, if you will, of their careers. What a great setup! So I think goaltending has finally been set here in Ottawa. We don't even need to discuss that. Um, I, I think there's a great situation moving forward, and I don't think it matters who's who's filling in. Now, last question for me, Meth. Uh, Ross talked about the, the guys behind the defenseman here. I, I want to focus on how the defense has really kind of, at least from my vantage point, had a much greater focus on providing offense this year. Like, you're seeing Jake Sanderson. I mean, he's the, the leader of it. He's coming in and he's taking those big shots. He's gliding in closer to that home plate area rather than just taking a safer shot from uh, back closer to the point. Artem Zub got in the mix with a goal. Uh, Jacob Chikrin, that's a guy that's going to provide offense. He gets two goals in the home opener. How important is it to have an offensive mindset as a decor as a whole? Because, you know, there's the, the old saying, uh, sometimes the best defense is a great offense, right? Like how, how much does that matter to have that mindset? It's, it's, well, it's very important. And I think it starts in your own end, obviously. Um, but when you bring in Chikrin, you've just added that other that other layer, right? That other yeah. element. So now you've got the, the 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 huge bomb threat on your second unit. Sanderson is emerging with that offensive side that we're starting to see a little bit more now, but they're, but they're different. Chikrin is a little bit more isolated. He doesn't have that lateral move. He's a great skater. I'm not chirping Chikrin, but he's he's a different animal. When you're looking at a player like Sanderson, he's able to skate his way out of pressure and open up those lanes. You saw it when he came off the right side the other night on the point. It was gorgeous. Um, Zub, again, 
probably a lot more like chicken that he's got a pretty good shot, not on that same level, but competent enough that he can get it off and get it through. Um, I mean, that's, that's something I didn't have right as a player on the back end. Luckily I played with Eric who just couldn't have the puck enough on his stick. But, but I think right now you look at the back end between Shabbat, Ch- uh, Chikrin, Zub, uh, Sanderson, I mean, all four of them, re- realistically speaking, have a good shot. Uh, so now you've got your secondary scoring on top of that depth that you finally have up front. And to me, that's the difference maker between a non-playoff team and a playoff team. And Ottawa has it. And the last point I'll make is that now that you've brought in Chick and you've got a legitimate top four with no liabilities, all your breakouts are cleaner. Like that, that's, that's to me, that's the thing I'm looking at. The more efficient you are on your back end, the more time and energy your good players like Tim Stutzla and company can spend in the offensive zone. You know, you can bring out all the fancy stats and try to break this down, but really it's as simple as that. Spend less time in your own zone. What a concept. And then you're spending all that energy time in the offensive zone. And what happens? Your opponents are going to take more penalties. You're going to wear them down more. You're going to get more offensive opportunities, more shots, et cetera. It just, it just, it snowballs. So I, that's why for two years I was harping on improving the back end. If you can do that, your forwards are going to benefit from it. You're going to play more in the ozone. The irony, I just noticed you're rocking a shirt that says, let's give hugs. I don't think. Yeah, you like that one? Any. Yeah. It's I Halloween mean, soon. Yeah, no, it is. I like that. We're looking forward. All right. What do you have planned for Halloween? Are you dressing up with the kids? Yeah. Are you a big Halloween guy, Matt? Yeah, I've got this insane prosthetic Hollywood grade predator um uh like mask like it's 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 wild uh like right out of the studio um next uh, so next time you're on with us you're wearing it yeah i'll wear i don't mind when they play the predators we'll get you on wearing that (laughs) so i'll wear that and we don't trick-or-treat in my neighborhood um uh just too dangerous the the lots are a little bigger so there's you know you can you can hit 10 homes but everyone's exhausted and it's so dark Mm. so typically we'll go down to like a more populated area and uh, bring it home just yeah and 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 like full candy bars and we'll hit about 20 homes uh and then we can and then we come home and it's it's, so so if you see meth walking around rockcliffe park on halloween say hi (laughs) no i'm not going to rockcliffe that's too far that's alfie's neighborhood i'm in (laughs) manatick i'm in the south end uh, but no, I, I'm looking forward to it. I just hope the weather is favorable. It's yeah. hit, so hit or miss here. It's either raining. It might be hovering around zero. I'm hoping it's like 10 plus 10 and above. That's a nice little buffer zone. Plus 19 in Winnipeg today. Just saying, Matt. Come uh, on. <laughs> I'm not. Hey, I'm just saying I had my coffee out on the deck this morning. It was a great day. Final, Good final for question for me. Give me a sure. lock on player to watch against Detroit. Ooh. Which senator are you going to be dialed in on? Um, I'm looking. Oh, boy. I hate getting put. He's on got the his spot. notes now. He's looking at the notes, everyone. No, I'm just, I'm just looking at the two lineups. I mean, you know, like, you know what? I'll say this. Ooh. I'm going to look at Bafferson again. Nice. Now that Norris is back, they're Pretty getting awesome. a little bit of that chemistry sorted. I'd like to see him take another step. I'd, and and you know, and Simmer mentioned this the other night. I couldn't agree more with Simmer on Bafferson using his size a little more. I'm not talking about running around like an idiot. That's not his game. I mean just being a little bit more assertive on those walls. He's a big dude. If anybody's yeah. ever met him in person, um, he's a, he's my height, maybe taller. And um, I think if, I think he can throw his weight around a little bit more when it comes to those puck battles, but more importantly, now that he's got Norris in the lineup, they're all together. I'm looking for that chemistry. That's, that's going to be a great line for Ottawa moving forward. I think. 
Love it, Meth. Always a treat having you on. 14-time recurring guest. And to put things into perspective for you, the next most visited guest is at six. So you have doubled the field, lapped them, and a long-term contract. We love having you on, man. Your insight really does benefit us more than you even know. It's uh, it's awesome to have you around and have a great Thank time trick or treating with the kids. Everyone already knows to follow you on Twitter, Mark Mathaw three. Math, enjoy the games this weekend. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, boys. Cheers. Stick taps to Mark Mathaw for joining us. Always a fun chat with him. And I love Pilsy that we got an update on Derek Broussard as well. I know a lot of Sens fans were wondering what's going on with him. So. A happy father and rehabbing still coming back from that awful broken leg. Yeah, always here. Uh, great to get an update on Big Brass. And uh, yeah, maybe something in the future. Who knows? Ooh, yeah. I mean, sounds like he'd be a, a big asset to any organization. Hopefully he can stay here in Ottawa for his third tour of duty. Twice as a player. It'd be great to get him in the mix as a member of the organization. Any final thoughts on today's show, Pilsy? Well, uh, we mentioned it briefly, but Zach McEwen clears waivers. Uh, Elliot Friedman reporting everyone from the waiver list cleared yesterday. So that means Zach McEwen's going to take his trade down to Belleville, and uh, we'll see how that goes for him. Their home opener is tomorrow, so we'll Huge. touch on that on Monday show. Next week, we're also going to have a member of the Ottawa Fire Service on yeah. who is there dropping off the helmet, the player of the game award, so it'll be really fun. And Pilsy, like, is it too much? Like, should we ask for one? Like, I'd love to, after wins, imagine we did the show rocking one of those. That <laughs> no. would be I don't want it to be stolen valor, though, at the same time. But uh, really going to be fun talking to Nick DeFazio from the Ottawa Fire Service. Really looking forward to that. And we're going to drop that interview the day after a win when the uh, the helmet's nice and fresh. So stay tuned for that. My final thoughts, Pilsy. I'm going to steal one of Elliot Friedman's 32 thoughts. He thinks that the Ottawa Senators and Shane Pinto situation will reach a solution soon. Mm, soon. Soon. Awesome. Soon. Soon. Now... I thought it was going to be soon when Shane Pinto got to Ottawa. He's since returned to Long Island, but hopefully it's soon. We know Michael Anlauer loves a good Friday news dump. It's true. Something gets done sooner rather than later. The second we finish recording, naturally. You know what? It can happen whenever. And if it does, maybe a quick video would be in the works And because there has to be moving parts. It can't just be a signing. It has to be a trade and a signing. So hopefully we find that out sooner rather than later. We'll stay tuned for that and enjoy an amazing weekend of Senators hockey. Like this game is it's what you've been building up for. You had, you know, a bad team come in, a team that was without their captain and without their star goalie. You had the Washington Capitals who looked 95 years old out there, you know, trying to make passes and and break into the zone, but this is another great test. A divisional opponent, Detroit, is here, and we'll break it all down tomorrow on the postcast. For today, though, we say goodbye. Enjoy the start to your weekend. For Brandon Piller, I'm Ross Levitan. This has been the Locked On Senators Podcast, your team every day.